Good morning. Ooh, that's echoey, maybe a little bit too much for the sound. My name is Adam Briskin Limehouse. My pronouns are he and him. And I wasn't planning to be the efficient today, but here we are. Wes is one community unified across time and space, gathering for these platforms to affirm our values and, and commit to a better world. So I want to welcome those of you who are here in the hall with us, those of you who are now watching on Zoom, and those who will be catching the recording later. If you are on Zoom, please check the chat for a welcome and various tips from Peter Bishop, today's Zoom chat usher. If you're here in the hall and would like an assistive listening device, please check with the sound team at the back. Please say hello in the chat if you haven't had an opportunity already. See if I can see any welcomes or if it has already closed my meeting, which is what it did. Monstrous. This, for those who do not know, is the second week in a row that I've officiated and the second week in a row that I've had technical issues with Zoom. All right. Meaning that I have now missed whatever chat there had been, but I will be ready for the future. Okay. A special welcome to our visitors today. We'd love to get to know you and answer any questions you may have. To get on our email list, you can fill out the connection form at tiny.cc forward slash westconnects. Or send an email to membership at ethicalsociety.org. We only use that information to communicate directly with you, and we do not share any of your contact information. If you are here in person, we invite you to stop by the welcome table after platform. I will, now, I will now check the Zoom chat to see if the wonders of modern technology, that's me, that's, I'm the wonder here today, <laughs> will cooperate to show us who's attending remotely this morning. And if there are, I've missed them, I will come back to them momentarily. Okay. It is good to connect and to share this time together. Opening words this morning are attributed to Deepak Chopra. We either allow our past to keep interfering with our optimal expression of love and happiness, or we can move beyond our past with renewed passion for life. Today's musical guest is West member Art Simons. Most of the songs he is sharing with us are ones you'll want to sing along with, and I encourage you to do so. His first song this morning is Four Strong Winds by Ian Tyson. So today's theme is what has been in the time KC has been with us. The songs I'll be singing are much more what has been regarding the songs uh, when I was in my 20s. Uh, so uh, the first song is mainly a solo, unless you know the uh, chorus to Four Strong Winds, and the rest are to sing along with, along with the lyrics. Think I'll go out to Alberta Weather's good there in the fall Got some friends that I could go to working for Still I wish you'd change your mind If I ask you one more time But we've been through that a hundred times or more 
for strong winds that blow lonely, seven seas that run high, all those things that don't change, come what may. If the good times are all gone, then I'm bound for moving on. I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way. If I get there before the snow flies, and if things are looking good, you could meet me if I sent you down the fair. But by then it would be winter, not too much for you to do and those winds sure can blow out for strong winds that blow lonely seven seas that run high all those things that don't change come what may if the good times are all gone, then I'm bound for moving on. I look for you if I'm ever back this Thank you, Art, so much. So we're turning now to the chat. Now that we've had an opportunity for the chat to be enabled. Rajesh says, hi, everyone. Suzanne Weiss, thanks for opening the chat. Greetings from Sue. Uh, Amy Foltz, good morning, all. Glad to connect across distances and illness. Amy, we hope you all get better soon. Ed Elder says, good morning, everyone. Sue Smith, good morning. And Lynn G, good morning. And Laura Descuyo, made a note for Peter that I will leave unread. Each week we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you are interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc forward slash read SOP. You can read it here in person or make a recording that will be included in a future platform. If you'd like to explore the pre-recorded option, please contact me after platform. Today's reader is Alex Abbott, who is part of the Sci-Fi Book Club and a number of other volunteer opportunities here at WES. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you so much, Alex. As Alex lights our community candle, I invite everyone to join in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, 
the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Let us now enter the centering time of our platform. Each week we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today I am particularly mindful of people battling the detrimental effects of climate change in the form of wildfires in Chile, Greece, Canada, and Maui, some of the hottest temperatures ever recorded in areas throughout Europe, and record-breaking levels of flooding in Asia following monsoon and typhoon weather events. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. Take a moment to find a comfortable position. You don't need to be in a particular posture. You can be standing, sitting, even lying down. The most important thing is that you feel relaxed and alert. You can close your eyes if that feels okay, or keep them open and soften your gaze. Turn your attention to the sensations of breathing, following the in-breath as it travels through the nostrils, expands the chest, and settles in the belly. Follow the out-breath as it travels back from the belly to the chest and out through the nostrils. Now allow yourself to remember and open up to your own basic goodness. Remember times when you have been kind or generous or recall your natural desire to be happy and not to suffer. If this is difficult, you might consider yourself through the eyes of someone who loves you. What does that person love about you? or you may recall the unconditional love you felt from a beloved. And as you experience this love, notice the feeling in your body, maybe a feeling of warmth in your face, maybe a smile, a sense of expansiveness. Rest in the feeling of open, unconditional love. Begin now to wish yourself well by extending words of love and kindness to yourself. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be safe from harm. May I be well in body and mind. May I be at ease. Now, extend these thoughts of loving kindness outwards. Allow your awareness to open out in all directions to a dear one, a neutral person, or a difficult person, and to all beings, humans, and animals everywhere. May all be filled with loving kindness. May all be safe from inner and outer harm. 
May all be well in body and mind. May all be at ease. Come back to the breath, resting in rhythmic sensation of the inhale and exhale as best you can, simply allowing whatever thoughts and feelings are present and just being with an awareness of the sensation of breathing, we continue our meditation in silence and the music that follows. What would you think if I sang out a tune? you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out a key Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends Mmm, I get by with a little help from my friends Mmm, gonna try with a little help from my friends what do I do when my love is away? Does it worry you to be alone? How do I feel at the end of the day? Are you sad because you're on your own? No, I get by with a little help of my friends. Mmm, gonna try with a little help of my friends. Mmm, gonna try with a little help of my friends. Do you Need somebody to love. Could it be anybody? I want somebody to love. Would you believe in my love at first sight? Yes, I'm certain that it happens all the time. What do you see when you turn out the light? I can't tell you, but I know it's mine. Oh, I get tired of little help. Friends, mm, get out a little help for my friends. Oh, I'm gonna try a little help for my friends. Do you need anybody? I just need someone to love. Could it be anybody? I want somebody to love. Oh, I get by the little help for my friends. Gonna try with a little help of my friends. Oh, I get by with a little help of my friends. Today's reading is What We Choose by Andrew Coet. 
A few years ago, my little sister moved in with me from our native Los Angeles to the coast of Maine. The move brought a lot of firsts for her. Snow, the native, the Atlantic Ocean, and see me as an older brother instead of an older sister. Neither of us was sure what to do that first night she lived with me, because what are you supposed to do when at 22 you suddenly have your very own teenager? We ended up at one of those DVD kiosks. When it asked for my zip code, I punched the number nine before correcting myself and typing the zero that starts off the zip code for Bar Harbor. Still, my sister asked. I started the zip code for back home. It had been 10 years since I moved away. My sister's arrival brought part of my past into a very different present. And this suddenly forced everything out of the hiding places I'd been keeping them in. I had put home into a box and stuffed it into the farthest depths of my closet. I got lost without it for a while. But then I found communities that seemed to make sense in a way my family never did. I used to scoff at the idea of chosen family because it seemed like a feel-good characterization to use when your family of origin didn't work for you. I never really embraced it for myself until I started thinking about ancestry rather than parentage. Like so many people my age in the United States, my identities are mixed up and only partially visible. The more mixed up our identities get, the more important our choices become. Ancestry is no longer just a question of fate or genetics, but of whose shoulders we stand on. My genetic families of origin aren't necessarily recognizable when you look at me. But my chosen family, those queers and religious liberals of the past, present, and future, come shining through. I embody that history when I walk out the door because they made it possible for me to walk out the door as, op as an openly transgender seminarian. They are my history, more completely than anything I was born into. I used to think that meant family of choice was no place to call home, but it's not that simple. Every time we move towards liberation, we can do so because of those who came before us. Those who come after us will move more easily because of what we have accomplished. This is not something limited to queer people whose families are giving them a hard time. We all choose. And sometimes that dividing line between choice and birth disappears. My sister never embraced the East Coast the way I did. She moved back home, but we talk now. She'll text me, hey bro, we've chosen each other. Just as if we found different ancestors to lean on and have established our own networks of support. We've chosen different todays, are making different tomorrows, and have different pasts. Yet we also share a common history. And now we are a part of each other's todays and tomorrows as well. I'm pleased to welcome back our senior leader, Casey Slack, after a busy summer, including both vacation and study and whatever a clergy person does to recharge and gear up for a new program year. They will speak to us, they will speak to us and their talk is entitled, What Has Been. What has been.
In uh, honor of our many young guests this morning, I'd like to start a little bit differently than I initially had planned, maybe move into a new modality for us, a wiggle break, okay? So I invite everybody who wants to to get up and just wiggle it out for a little bit. Everybody's got wiggles. Everybody needs their wiggles out. Excellent. Thank you to our young guests for the inspiration to wiggle together this morning. <laughs> My first Sunday as senior leader of the Washington Ethical Society was August 14th, 2022. Today is August 20th, 2023, and so we have made it a year. I closed my first platform here by reminding those gathered that this community, life, the world, is an art project and that I'm a witch. <laughs> These things are still true. This is still an art project, and though I spend a lot of time with a book called Godless Paganism these days, I am still a witch. Our first year together has been a lot about choosing each other. And as I think about what it has meant to be choosing each other, I realize that that's not just the project of a first year, or a second year, or a third year, or a fifth year, or a tenth year. Me put out there the hope of a tenth year. Choosing each other is the project of community. It is the project of being together. It is perhaps one of the greater projects of ethical culture. Choosing each other is hard. Choosing each other is really hard when we try to do it in a way that is truly as inclusive as we want to be. We don't always speak the same language. We don't always have the context for one another's experiences. And it is really hard to slow down and experience people as they are instead of as we assume they are. We've made a lot of good progress in this year. We have miscommunicated and fixed our miscommunications. We have had little bubbling up of issues of conflict and found ways to live through conflict to turn conflict into an opportunity to learn from one another. We're still very much figuring out what it looks like to be together, not just me with the people who come here on Sunday, not just the people who've been coming here with the new people, but all of us because for a few years together didn't look the same. So it's different to come to a building and be together. 
It's different to figure out what it's like to be together meaningfully across distance, to make it so that when we're sick, we don't have to miss our community. Or if you wake up on Sunday and, oh no, it's 1025, that's okay. You don't have to figure out how to get your body to a building to participate. You can join us virtually. We're still working on the details of how we could make that as good and integrated as possible, but we make steps all the time. We learn more and more about how to do this thing together in the world that we live in, instead of the world we imagined before or the world that we dream of ahead, right? We can remember what was and dream about what's gonna be and live here in right now all the same. In the last year that we spent together, we did some really hard things. We passed a really hard budget. We elected some new officers. We figured out how to make Sunday happen. This is more of a challenge than I think you might understand. <laughs> there are many people involved in making Sunday happen and having a process that we can use pretty smoothly is a big victory. We've also had a lot of fun along the way. The auction is a good time anytime somebody makes cookies around here. For those of you who are new, if there are cookies here, you want them. <laughs> Full stop. So we've had quite a year of getting to know each other, and then this was quite a summer for not just me, who went and did some studying and some traveling, but all of us who are in the world dealing with the reality of climate change, all of us who are paying any attention to what is going on in our government or in our associations, right? This is a moment where leadership is actually really important, but good leadership is pretty hard to find. This summer, the American Ethical Union, which is one of our denominational affiliations and the core of our identity here, ethical culture. Well, the American Ethical Union, which is the official body for that, had its summer assembly this year, and there were a lot of big things on the table. It was a really, really hard assembly. I didn't even go, and I have a like intense, emotional experience of what that was like. And what's worse, or something, is that it was also really inconclusive. There were votes, but none of those votes chose a direction forward. There were some things passed, but many of them canceled others out. And what we're left with is a very large national board, a historically diverse set of officers, and no particular decision about where we're headed. This is a rough position for us to be in as a national organization, but there are places where I find hope all the same. Let me be really honest with you. My hope is not found in the now 25-plus member national board of an organization with, you know, about the same number of congregations. But 
This historically diverse set of officers with President Condra Sears, a member of the Baltimore Ethical Society, a scientist who works at the University of Maryland, and notably the first black woman elected president of the AEU. There is hope in the way Condra thinks and leads. With Vice President, the Reverend Dr. J. Exodus Hooper, who many of you have met, who is a queer, transgender person of color, a black person, two black people at the top of our national leadership. That's brand new for the AAU. And that brand new, that we could pick that, is remarkable. We have our youngest ever secretary in Anya Overman, and another officer, Anthony Cruz Pantejos, who is another person of color on that list and another queer transgender person. That's remarkable. I think that we deserve to take a second to be proud of being able to make those choices, even if it was hard for us as a group to make other choices. Can we, can we like applaud? And this actually comes as part of a bigger movement in what I will call the religious left. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it that for the sake of making a group. Don't hold on to that label too hard. Because the Unitarian Universalist Association also has their first elected black woman president. We can clap about that too. The Reverend Dr. Sophia Bittencourt is the most qualified person who has ever been president of the UUA. I feel very, uh, very much allowed to say that. <laughs> she is in part the most qualified person because she was once the appointed president before, and it is a one-term gig, so nobody who has ever been president before has been president again. She was president for about four months, five years ago. But also because Reverend Dr. Sophia is an ethicist is a theologian, is a scholar. Reverend Dr. Sophia knows her stuff. And in our affiliation with the UUA as well, I think Reverend Dr. Sophia's election is gonna be really good for us. Not just because she lives in the area. But it's not just the UUs. There actually was a wave of black women elected to national leadership positions in progressive religious organizations, including the United Church of Christ, the Disciples of Christ, and other mainline and liberal Christian sects. That puts us at a really interesting moment. Our first black woman president the UUA's first elected black woman president. This is a really unique moment. This is a place where our history and the things that we have been saying we believe and care about really have an opportunity to become true, to become not just principles that we fight for, but principles we live into. I say this not just because these leaders are black women and I have a bias in favor of black women, but because I know 
Chandra's work. I know Sophia's work. And through Sophia, I have gotten to know the work of the women who have come to be in charge of several other denominations. They are people who are engaged, who are in this to be together for real, who take their calls to leadership seriously, so seriously that they have already formed a network to support one another. But here's the thing. We all remember from our own lives between, I don't know, 2008 and 2016, what happens the first time somebody who doesn't look like everybody else who's had the position gets to be in charge. We all remember how quickly right, conservative sentiment turned into racial foment. Okay, some of us don't because some of us are children, but those of us who are not actively children probably remember what that was like. Probably remember how much of what we see on the national stage now started as an insistence that Barack Obama couldn't be a legitimate president, right? Started as a tea party. So I want those of us here who are committed to the thing that ethical culture can be, that West can be, that people can be, take your pick to be ready to support those leaders who don't look like everybody who's been in charge before, to think really hard about what it means for leadership to be held by somebody who is not like the people who have been leaders before. Those of you who have been around for the last year, or the last three years, certainly have some practice. But it's different, it'll be different because Kandra is different from Sophia, is different from the rest of them, and because I, as a white queer trans person, have a different experience simply by virtue of walking around in this skin. But we've made history. We've made history. And we continue to make history. When I talk to people who have been around ethical culture for a long time, one of the things I often hear is that when they were coming up, when they were young people in the 50s, 60s, 70s, Felix Adler, founder of ethical culture, was sort of just an old uncle up on the shelf, a book in the library that you never really read. I'm really curious about why that happened. From what I hear and what I read, it sounds like Adler founded ethical culture, lived and died, and then got put on a shelf immediately in favor of a slew of other upper-class white men who came to be in charge of various ethical societies. It was kind of a fiefdom sort of situation where people had their own individual little lands to be in charge of. And, and though they were thinking and saying good things and interacting with each other, they were very siloed, very on their own, very focused on the thinking and teaching of one guy at any given time. 
It's really clear to me that looking into ethical culture history beyond that is going to be really important for us as we figure out what the ground will move forward on is. So we're going to be having some guest speakers throughout the year who are more versed in ethical culture history than I am. I'm also going to do some research of my own, and we're going to spend some time digging around in what actually happened here, not just what did so-and-so say, but why was so-and-so the one saying that, and how did people come to get power? It'll take me a little bit to do the research, but I think that it'll be fun. And if you think that it'll be fun, and I know some of you are like this, <laughs> let me know. I would love to have you join me in this historical exploration. So as I've looked back over the summer, I, it has become clear to me that many things are true, but I'm going to go with two of them for the moment. One, that there have been some great ideas and great work done by ethical culturists over the 100-plus year history of the movement and that even that great work was often missing parts that would have made it even more vibrant. Right? You don't get to 2023 before you elect a black woman president without having had some race problems. You don't get to oh, all kinds of places without having had class problems, without having had gender problems. When I first came here, I was actually surprised by the number of women who were long-term members of this community who came to me and spoke of a misogyny problem. A misogyny problem in 2022. Less surprising than you might hope. Some of the gaps that I see live in our ideas about who we are, what the group we is. Sometimes we start describing who has been around and accidentally put up a fence around who can be here. A description of Wes, for example, as being made up of people who work in, the non in nonprofits and in government leaves out a lot of people who might want to be here, a lot of people who are already here, right? We have a real opportunity here at the intersection of some great ideas and a world desperately in need of care, but we have to really, really live into those values. We have to get past our desire to fight about our favorite language, about this, that, and the other thing. Our desire to fight about this word versus that word. This is not an invitation to say words that hurt people. But we can disagree on the best language to describe systems of injustice, as long as we agree that there is injustice that needs to be attended to. We can disagree about what the best color of hair to have is or how a person should dress. We got a lot of ideas about that. But we can agree that it doesn't matter what your hair looks like or what kind of clothes you have on. You are someone who matters. Many of us have heard uh, 
the sort of supreme ethic from Adler as act to elicit the best in others and thereby yourself. But I was recently clued into another version of that phrase, which I think I like better. Act as to elicit the unique personality in others and thereby in thyself. This version comes from the entry on Felix Adler in the Rutledge Encyclopedia of Philosophy from 2001 and came to me via a conversation with Terry Smith about some things that I had said at the Smithsonian Folklife Festival panel on gender and community leadership. I had talked about how I think the core of ethical culture the things that we can do best together is seeing each other as whole people, is choosing to slow down enough to see a whole person in front of us, regardless of that person's skin tone, but not without acknowledgement of what that skin tone means in public, regardless of a person's gender or lack thereof, but with knowledge of what it means in our society to live that way. Without judgment about somebody's presentation choices. In fact, with joy in that we can look and be so many different ways. Without regard to someone's age or youth, right? but with knowledge of that the youngest and oldest of us get pushed to the side of society in actually very similar ways. We have so much opportunity right here, right here where traditional religion continues to bleed membership at greater and greater rates, and many of those people still desire community. We have something to offer if we can just get out of our own way sometimes. If we can be willing to share with people, hey, I went somewhere on Sunday and it was really cool. Or, you know, have you ever seen a queer trans person with green hair, usually my hair is green, be the person that people listen to at something that looks like a church? This is novel, come check it out. Please, feel free to use the novelty of me <laughs> to bring other people in. Feel free to use the novelty of my uh, today purple-haired wife to bring people in. Feel free to bring people in, to tell people about this place, to tell people about our commitment to seeing each other as whole people. But be ready, because those people will change this. Every single person who comes here by virtue of being a whole person will change something about this community. We will be different forever, actually, simply because so many of you arrived with your kiddos in tow today, actually. And I, I am so grateful for the way that each of you has made me different already, for the opportunities to learn and grow with you, 
And I look forward to what we can do together. Not just what we can do in terms of activism, but definitely also that. But what we can do in terms of growing and becoming more and more alive as people. This hierarchical, dominant culture stuff that we live in tells us there is a right person to be and a wrong person to be, and situate yourself along this axis. Here, I want us to forget that. Here, I want us to say nobody is less than a person and nobody is more than one. Everybody is somebody, and every somebody is worth coming to know more fully. That doesn't mean we'll never accidentally step on each other's toes. In fact, being close together increases the possibility of toe stepping. But that we can learn how to pay attention to our own feet. And we can learn how other people stand so that we're not inclined to step on them. That we can learn and grow and that something other than the discordant cacophony of the public world can be true. That at least here, at least once a week, twice a week, however often you choose to be in this building, however often you choose to be with each other and with me, that whoever you are is good, that the art project of your life is worth doing and worth doing in a way that maybe you haven't thought about before, that maybe you've been scared of before. This is still an art project and I am still a witch. And the magic is, the magic is that when we do it together, we do something more beautiful than any of us could do on our own. This is the thing that I believe more than almost any other thing. This is the thing that I know more strongly than I know, for example, even my own gender. <laughs> that the thing we do together is beautiful, that the sound of children in the hall is the sound of a community that is alive and not an interruption. Thank you. Speak on it. I... <laughs> we have so much potential here, so much good to grow on top of. So I'm looking forward to another year of doing this weird, big, messy art project with you. And I hope that you will come with me, that you will support not just my leadership, but the leadership of your fellow members who serve on the board and the LLDC and this, that, and the other com committee, the tech team. The officiants, the music team and all those who choose to share their music with us, the rest of the staff, and our newly elected leaders at the American Ethical Union and the Unitarian Universalist Association.
I'm gonna stop talking now, but I really encourage you after platform to take a minute to talk to somebody who you maybe don't know or don't know so well. To take a moment to not just ask, hey, how have you been? But ask, what's been speaking to you lately? Or do you have a favorite piece of art? Or, wow, Casey said some real weird stuff today. <laughs> Though those of you who have been around know that it gets a lot weirder. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Whether you're here just for today or you've been here for 50 years, you are an important part of everything we do here. And I am very, very thankful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Casey. If I may add one other point on top of the wonderful platform Casey just gave us, art doesn't have to match the couch. <laughs> Sometimes you can just have art for its own sake. In a few moments, we will have our community sharing time when you can write into the chat or share in person about what resonated with you in this platform. While we listen to today's musical response, you might prepare by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that the platform brings to mind. Come gather round people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing Come writers and critics who prophesize with your pen and keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again And don't speak too soon, for the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming Who knows or now will later be with For the times they are a-changing Come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall. For he that's got hurt, for he who has stalled. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls. For the times, they are a-changing. Come mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend a hand For the times they are a-changing The line it is drawn, the curse it is cast, the slow one 
be fast as a present. Now will later be past. The order is rapidly fading. And the first one now will later be last. For the times they are a Thank you so much, Art. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates with our personal experience. For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments if you are watching the recording later. If you are here in person, you can come to the microphone here on the floor and share your brief comments so that others may also share. Let's start by checking to see what online participants have written in the Zoom comments. Definitely got one from Amy. Amy says, thank you, Art, for sharing your wonderful music with us today. It was so good to hear all the giggles and wiggles in the hall today. My takeaway from today's platform is learn to mind our own feet and learn where others stand so that we can avoid stepping on toes. Seeing if anyone else is willing to join us in the front. Now let us turn our attention to commenters in the hall. Please begin by saying your name and if you'd like to share your pronouns. And please be sure to keep your comments brief, perhaps no more than a minute or two, so others have an opportunity to share. So I'd like to share some of my earlier memories of coming to services with varying ages. Um, I remember uh, being in the first congregational church in Merrimack, New Hampshire, um, which being congregational, you can't make any assumptions. That was actually a uh, strongly conservative evangelical congregation. Um, and in particular, I remember I got up and I had my Every, every, you know, I'd, I'd sort of hear what was being said, but I was mostly interested in drawing, and I had my little space battles. I'd draw triangles and put little dots to have the other, this, the other spaceships, uh, and then I'd have lots of things where the monsters were going, and occasionally I'd try and draw whatever the pastor was talking about on the, and, and put that into the space battle, and that, that came to a great conversation with my parents afterward. But, um, it was uh, a time I still remember enjoying because I felt like I was a part of the community there. And I remember also I would get up afterward and our favorite thing as kids to do was to get up and we'd all get in a lump and we'd run throughout everywhere and we'd run through the library, we'd jump on the chairs and jump over and come on the other side. And that was the greatest thing. And I'm sure that now I would be scandalized. <laughs> but it was a, a joy to be there. And I uh, am also happy that I can be here and feel like I also belong. I have, you know, normally, so many Sundays I'm, I'm sitting in the back there in doing slides. But when I'm not, you'll find that I'm in the other room usually because I don't like to sit down even now. I like to stand up and walk around and jump 
And we have a way to do that here. We have the, the, the social hall and I can get up and I can wander around and I can look like I'm not paying attention and it's perfectly fine. And so I enjoy that we have an inclusive place. Hi, I'm Perry, he, him. Um, Casey, your platform today and specifically the parts about recognizing each other as whole people um, gave me a desire to hug everyone in this room. I'm probably not gonna do that, <laughs> but at least I wanted to convey the sentiment. So thank you for even giving me that desire in the first place. Now let us turn our attention to comment. Oh, we did that already. Thank you. Let me see if there are any more comments have come in on Zoom. Peter mentions, thank you for telling us about the recent changes throughout the AAU and UUA. We know about the changes here, but it is harder to keep track of the larger changes in our denominations. Sue says, Art, thank you for such a perfect choice of songs, and Casey, thank you for a powerful platform. I hope we will continue to move in such a progressive direction. Felix Adler is critically important and incredibly hard to read. <laughs> it's very dense, late 19th century. It's hard prose, y'all. Rajesh mentions, delighted to be reminded that the project of my life is worthy, as is the project of everyone else in Wes. Similarly, the life of AEU and UUA is a worthy one indeed. Thank you to all who shared their thoughts and attention. Just as we share the, our, perspe our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split all undesignated gifts in the, the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, we are pleased to support family and friends of incarcerated people in both a school supply drive and as August's Share the Plate recipient. FFOIP brings services to the children of incarcerated people and at-risk youths, working to disrupt cycles of multi-generational incarceration. We hope everyone will join in these, helping these students start out this school year fully stocked with school supplies. You can order what they need to make their school year more successful directly from FFOIP's Amazon wish list, having it shipped directly to them. Please make your donation by today so that the school supplies can be shared with the students at the annual FFOIP picnic next Saturday, uh, to which we are all invited, I'm given to understand. The Amazon link was shared in this week's news and notes. Let's all take a moment now to prepare to respond to the invitation to generosity as we are able. To donate through the Simple Give system, text an amount to 202-335-1885, go to tiny.cc slash westgives, or click on Give on our website, ethicalsociety.org. To donate in person today, just place cash or check in the basket at the back of the hall on your way out. And you can always send a check by mail. Thank you for your generosity. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music.
So this is the circle game. We'll skip one of the uh, repeats of the chorus. I'll let you know when that happens. Yesterday a child came out to wander Caught a dragonfly inside a jar Fearful when the sky was filled with thunder And tearful at the falling of a star and the seasons, they go round and round Painted ponies go up and down We're captive on the carousel of time We can't return, we can only look Behind from where we came And go round and round and round In the circle game then the child moved ten times round the seasons Skated over ten clear frozen streams Words like when you're older must appease him And promises of someday make his dream and the seasons, they go round and round Painted ponies go up and down The captives on the carousel of time We can't return, we can only look Behind from where we came And go round and round and round In a circle game Sixteen springs and sixteen summers gone now Cartwheels turn to car wheels through the town And they tell him, take your time, it won't be long now Till you drag your feet to slow the circles down This is the chorus we skip so the years been by and now the boy is 20 Though his dreams have lost some grandeur coming true There'll be new dreams, maybe better dreams and plenty Before the last revolving year is through and the seasons, they go round and round Painted ponies go up and down We're captives on the carousel of time Can't return, we can only look Behind from where he came And go round and round and round In a circle day and go round and round and round in a circle game. A few things coming up in the life of our community. 
As you may have heard in the news recently, the United States government has confirmed we are not alone in the universe. Wes has made contact with and will be hosting extra special visitors for our 2023 auction on Saturday, November 18th. Get ready for an out of this world multimedia celebration. Contact El Emily Newman for planning, donating, and day of volunteering. <laughs> Tomorrow evening, Monday at 7.30, there's a virtual mindfulness meeting. Tuesday at 6.45 p.m. across across this hall and the social hall, the weekly meeting of Improv at West, and on Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. right here in this room, the return of chorus rehearsals. If you've enjoyed singing with art this morning, which we all know you did, you should absolutely come participate in music making at West. Again, if you are new to our community, please introduce yourself in person or via the connection form at tiny.cc forward slash westconnects or an email to membership at ethicalsociety.org. After the closing words, please join us for social hour, either here or on Zoom. Thank you so much to, many, to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Today's platform speaker, senior leader Casey Slack, and musician Art Siebens, staff members Indara Miles, Robin Kravitz, and Maceo Thomas. And of course, our platform production volunteers, the tech team members, slide artists, Zoom chat usher, and in-person greeters. That's it for announcements and appreciations today. As always, you can find information about opportunities to connect in the weekly news and notes email and on the calendar of Wes's website, ethicalsociety.org. I now invite you to join in our closing sing-along and closing words. Sometimes in our lives we all have pain. We all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me when you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long. I'm gonna need somebody to lean on, please swallow your Pride if I have things you need to borrow For no one can fill those of your needs That you don't let show Just call on your brother when you need a hand We all need somebody to lean on I just might have a problem that you'll understand We all need somebody to lean on on me when you're not strong I'll be your friend I'll help you carry on for it won't be long I'm gonna need somebody to lean on so just call on your brother when you need a hand we all need somebody to lean on I just might have a problem that you'll understand we all need somebody to lean on if there is a load you have to bear that you can't carry i'm right up the road i'll tell you both if you just call me call me
And now for our closing words. <laughs> Somebody's glad that we're coming to a close today. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment to a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you all for joining today's platform, in person or remotely. We look forward to connecting with you soon. It's on the West News and Notes. Joe was mentioning that Don Montagne, a former uh, senior leader here at West, will be speaking virtually from the Asheville Ethical Society. Or no, that's not its actual name. At 2.30 p.m. The link to that talk is in the News and Notes that was sent out on Thursday.